The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Hi, and welcome to, I always call it the Provoke Media Podcast. Uh, we are doing a video cast today. Um, I'm Diana Marzalek. I am with Provoke Media, and we have our friends from Tier One. Um, today, a PR firm, which they will tell us all about in Chicago and Boston. Um, welcome to Marion Hughes, co-founder and managing partner. Welcome, Marion. Thank you. And to Selena Fine, who is senior VP and head of the firm's Agile Insights and Analytic Practice, which we will be um, the focus of our conversation today. So welcome. Thank Thanks you so much. We're so happy to be here. And we're happy to have you. Um, if you could just fill us in, give us a little uh, uh, primer on, on Tier 1, just so those of us who don't know um, a whole lot about the firm can kind of come up to speed and then we'll go from there. Sure. So Tier 1 is an award-winning PR, digital, and content agency. We started um, out and with our roots in PR, but have expanded. We have a full service content agency and do quite a bit of digital work as well. Um, we are women founded and led, and we work with B2B and B2C um, leaders and technology, digital health, financial services, and energy tech are really is the sweet spot of the, the clients that we work with. Um, we are co-headquartered, co as you mentioned, in Boston and Chicago, and we work with clients throughout the US and Canada. And this year, I can't believe it, but we're celebrating our 20th anniversary. Congratulations. Thank sounds you. Like it's been a busy 20 years, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? I, I'm sorry. I said it sounds like it's been a busy 20 years and continues. It has been a busy 20 years and um, it's just been so much fun, you know, seeing the agency evolve and, and grow to the point where it is today. Excellent. And one of the things um, that it has evolved into is having an insight and analytics practice um, that Selena, you, <laughs> you had. Um, maybe you can give us a little bit about that, and then we'll talk about what differentiates Tier 1's practice from others and some of the cool things you do with trend spotting and, and what purpose that all serves. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, created our Agile Insights and Analytics practice a couple years ago, and you know, what really sets it apart is insights aren't created in a vacuum, Diana, and the way we approach, you know, our trend practice is very much on, you know, future casting, right? So we want to empower our clients to be as, you know, to be first movers or very early movers on trends. And a critical need for that is obviously identifying trends as they're very much emerging. It's kind of like the um, analogy with a wave. Like when everybody can see the wave, you're kind of too late at that point. What we strive to do is to see it before everybody else does. Um, and you know, we very much take a journalistic approach to the practice, Diana. So I myself spent the lion's share of my career in TV news here in Boston at the Fox and NBC affiliates at the time, and very much take that approach to, you know, how we operate as an insights practice. And, you know, our methodology is really focused on listening, connecting, and applying. So we're always listening to, you know, emerging business and cultural trend news in real time. Um, we're very much plugged into social and then obviously legacy media and niche media, and we're monitoring the full spectrum of opinions so we can get a really holistic view. Um, and we focus on, you know, a few key sectors. So we're listening in business and finance, technology, 
politics and economics, um, climate, health and science, uh, sports and entertainment. And then a big one for us, too, is media and culture. And by doing that, we're able to, you know, cut through all the noise because we're inundated, you know, every day. Like we wake up and we're just like surrounded by, um, you know, all of this news that's happening. And so we help our clients kind of cut through all of that noise and identify patterns. So that's really what we strive to do is to look at these conversations that are happening on totally different platforms and see commonalities, you know, between the conversations that are happening that will inform emerging trends. And then last but certainly not least is applying, right? So the key is to be able to help our clients jump on these emerging trends really quickly because that's what enables them to be, you know, a first mover in the space. So we, you know, apply our analysis really quickly to help our clients share point of views and with their clients and prospects and industry influencers so that they can add value before the conversation is oversaturated. So there's insights and analytics is, is certainly a huge part of public relations and communications now. And it's used in all different kinds of ways, um, you know, listening for potential crises, analyzing it. We say, do you, is Trendspotting one way that you um, use this practice? Or you mentioned the Trendspotting practice. Is that really what this is? Is that really sort of the core of, of this practice? I would say that that's fair to say that trend spotting is the core of it. And then it's how we apply the trends, right? Like how do they connect to our clients and, you know, they can connect in many different ways. So how we leverage the trends we can use in a variety of different ways. But I think that one of the core tenets of the practice is the trend spotting piece of it. Yeah. So it's interesting because, oh, please go on. I was just going to say, and the practice truly did evolve. You know, we mentioned how the agency has evolved over the 20 years. It really started by a way that we approached media relations and helping, um, you know, really watching happenings in the industry and trends and opportunities for our clients. Um, and it was so successful from a media relations approach. We we stepped back and we said, you know, we can apply this thinking that we have um, developed within the agency across so many of our services. And, and that's when we set out to formalize this practice. And um, I think one thing as part of that formalization of the practice, um, we do have our insights and analytics experts. So the trend spotting experts within the practice. But what we did as we institutionalized it is we really have taught everyone within the agency how to be a trend spotter and how to have these conversations you know how to, how to to open the dialogue across the agency um, because we're all seeing things you know in different ways and so really it's opening that dialogue and getting everyone within the agency talking and sharing perspectives and being part of this process and um, you know working with the agile insights and analytics practice. Um, I, I I love the conversation, and in my head, I'm thinking, well, we could be talking pop culture here, you know, as much as you're you're B two B, you do tech and B two C, but you know, right. in, in sort of these um, some of the highly regulated industries and all that, but you could be doing People Magazine, <laughs> and then you talk trends, right? It's not it's not what we think of in this, or at least not what I think of in this sort of way in being devoted to a trend. And and um, what do you consider a trend? I mean, how do you know that what you're hearing or what you're about to hear is a trend or, or going to be a trend? That's taking a leap, right? Yeah. And I think one of the, the, the key tenets of a trend is it really has long-term impact. So whether, you know, it 
you can look at something you're seeing today and a decade from now, if there's, you know, still that ripple from the impact of the trend, that's a trend. So whether it's, you know, societal expectations that are changing, technological, you know, implications, there is that long-term impact that comes out of it. And I, and I think it's really helpful to understand, you know, sort of the foil between a trend and a fad, right? So a fad is something that burns really bright and fast, and then it's done. So I think like a few good examples would be anything on TikTok. Like right now, the Roman Empire trend on TikTok is huge, but I bet even, you know, when this publishes a week from now, it could be passe at that point because it'll, you know, happen so fast. Be Real, you know, that social platform, that was definitely a fad. It was huge. I remember, you know, there was a concert here. We're in Bo- I'm in Boston at Fenway Park and everybody pulled out their phone at the same time to take their Be Real photo. Nobody's <laughs> doing that now. That's definitely a fab. Clubhouse was something that a ton of brands wanted to jump on and it was going to be the next big thing. Who talks about Clubhouse now? That was totally like a second. Yeah. 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 That was a big fad in the making. Whereas like trends, you know, they they start and then they have that ripple effect that lasts and, and it changes society or culture or something, you know, for the long term. So a really good example would be the incredible progress we're seeing right now in women's sports. You know, that's huge, a huge trend right now. And it has societal implications, but business implications too. It's great to see that like drive and visibility in women's sports and it's going to change the business landscape. So I'd say that that's a big one. Um, this was like the summer of the girl you know, between like Taylor Swift's like record-breaking tour and Beyonce and the Barbie movie. And I I would say this is just kind of like a resurgence of a trend because it's it's not the first time we've seen it. Like women drive a bunch of the buying power, you know, uh, in society, but it's great to see that focus turn back on it. And there'll be, you know, continued focus on the purchasing power of women moving forward because of it. So I'd say that that's another big one. Um, And I would say from a business perspective, a great example of a, you know, a trend that we're seeing right now, Diana is really on the need for brands to operate with transparency, right? So like we're in an economy right now that's very uncertain for many different reasons and it's impacting consumer trust. We're seeing that trust dwindle. And so there's a huge need for brands to sustain trust. And in order to do that, you have to move with, you know, transparency and consistency and authenticity. So I would say that that's something that's very top of mind right now in the business world mm-hmm. um, as an example. So Marion, one question for you is, is if a trend is, as um, Selena said, long-term impact or, or going to go on for a while, how do you know, I mean, it seems like almost like a sixth sense. How do you know what's a trend before it's a trend, right? Right. Like spotting a trend and it's not a fad. Right, right. I mean, you must right. have weight to it or something or just your personal, it's got to have also sort of personal um, know-how and experience also. Right. And that's what the the practice is really designed to identify that wave, right? Riding the wave. And and we do that by watching conversations. Um, What's bubbling up? Like when things go hot so fast. um, And then you, I mean, you could see that um, with threads, right? Threads was so popular, so fast. um, And then it began to dwindle. I mean, I think the story on threads and what's going to happen is still to be told. Um, But that is what our our team is focused on and we debate we debate amongst ourselves um you know is this a trend is it a fad we've been debating amongst ourselves about the whole pickleball craze is that a trend or is it a fad i mean it's definitely having implications in retail 
and um, real estate. And um, but it it you know it definitely feels bad esque <laughs> at yes. this point. Um, but but yeah, so I think that's part of the the art of it is to identify um, you know what's cooling out and what's continuing on. Yeah, I'm thinking about uh, like last year, this time we were talking about the metaverse, right? And oh, right. Sizing brands go in the metaverse, go in the metaverse, everything. And now who's talking about the metaverse? I, I don't think a whole lot, maybe, <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, it, it's got to also be an art form of, of you don't want to miss out, right? As, a, as an advisor, you don't want your clients to miss out. And yet you don't want to just like go whole hog into something that's going to, you know, just right. Right. in a few in a few months. So- um, right. Imagine you have to act somewhat cautiously. Right. And that's where the practice is so focused on connecting the dots between the clients and their business values and their business goals, because every trend is not going to be re relevant to every brand. Um, and so what we try to do is, um, you know, create a clearer picture of the opportunities that are right um, for our clients. Mm -hmm. And what are the actual tools that you use? Is it AI or you said listening tools? What, what is the tools? And take us a little bit, if you can, through the process of, I guess, identifying a trend. What, what goes into that? Yeah. So we have, you know, we have like a bunch of different levers in our toolbox, Diana, that we tap into as far as listening goals goes. AI is definitely one of them. And, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity to get further ingrained into it with the practice um, in the future, but we tap into AI tools when it comes to, you know, monitoring for spikes in the media and certain conversations that are happening. Um, so that's one of the tools, but we're also, you know, very ingrained, you know, in social listening. So when I was in TV news, Diana, there was always this saying that TV follows print. Mm -hmm. And today it's really that print follows social. So social is really the genesis for a ton of the conversations we're seeing happening. So it's really important to be, you know, very well versed in the space and be listening to the right people. So um, I was actually in TV news when, and I'm going to date myself now when Twitter came on the scene and it was huge. Cause I went from clipping hard copies of Boston globe stories to just monitoring them in real time online, you know, online. And it was like a game changer for the industry because we were able to hop on things so much quicker. And so we, we definitely use, you know, social listening is a big foundational piece and making sure, you know, it's a living, breathing group that we're monitoring. So it's, you know, we're always adding to it, but we want to make sure we're following all the players related to legacy media, we've seen this huge trend of, you know, journalists just, you know, uprooting and going to platforms like Substack so they can get in front of their audiences directly. So we're monitoring monitoring that um, emerging media group too. you know, any any influencers, you know, that would be relevant for our clients that we need to change makers. We're all monitoring that. So that's another key piece in addition to the AI of how we listen. Um, and then obviously, you know, traditional media, we're always listening to, but even more than that, Diana, and I think this goes back to kind of your comments about there's an art to listening is even just in our daily lives, you know, listening to right. We'll hear things popping up. Like one of the things um, we're we're talking about in an upcoming trend report that we have is biohacking. And yeah, we saw that a little bit in the media, but I, in my personal life, saw people talking about, you know, things that they were getting into that touched on biohacking. And so that's, you know, something that we definitely try to stay present and, you know, just recognize when we're hearing things just in our day-to-day -day lives too, that could inform, you know, patterns. Right. Patterns is key. And I think having um, a very 
you know, diverse team on our trend spotting, um, our insights and analytics um, group is really important. So we're really, we know how important it is to be bringing in all different perspectives. And I think that's also where um, having the open line of communication and having this trend watching channel for our whole agency to participate in really helps us um, broaden our, our listening. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point, Marion, because if if we have like, if our insight team was made up of a, a bunch of 20 somethings that are all just tapped into TikTok, we're missing this whole, like this whole other group. So like, yeah, it's, it's, so we really do strive to have members on our team who are in different phases of their lives, um, interested in different things and just like bringing all of those diverse perspectives. So we're getting a really good holistic view. Could you um, share any examples of how trend spotting, how you've used it with, or your, your clients have used it um, sort of Tell us the action story behind all this or out of all this. How many different ways? Yeah, so many different ways. I think a really fun example is we have a client in the financial services space, Diana, and around sort of the trend with the race to space with like Bezos and Elon Musk, um, you know, we were thinking, huh, you know, we have this client in financial services. They have savings accounts that you can, you know, create buckets for. And we were wondering, I wonder if anybody is saving up to go on one of these trips to space. Like, wouldn't that be wild? So we did some digging and it turns out that actually a substantial percentage of their customers were saving to go to space, which was crazy. And so we, you know, we reached out to Fast Company and it created a feature story for our client, which was great, which was, yeah, which was very interesting and unexpected. And I think that uh, being unexpected can be, you know, such a great differentiator. It was a fun story connected back to our client's business and, you know, gave them this great feature opportunity. Um, another example is, you know, we had one of our clients, CTOs, was looking to create a really differentiated executive speaking platform. So we tapped our insights team to do some very nuanced and in-depth white space research to inform you know, what are what are CTOs in the space talking about? And more importantly, what are they not talking about that could be an opportunity for this executive to, to own? And we were able to identify something that we're very excited about. Nobody's talking about in the space yet. Our client's super excited about, and we're, we're, you know, going full steam ahead, creating this platform around it. So very, you know, a couple of very you know, valuable examples. Where so we're that's the sequel. That's the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, yeah. we're entering, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're entering planning season, right? And so if you think about, um, this is a really helpful tool for helping our clients, you know, develop campaigns that will stick. Um, so it's a, it's a great um, addition to brainstorming to help our clients think more creatively. And mm-hmm. we actually have a product that comes out of the Insight um, insights and analytics group. Um, it's our what's next now newsletter Mm -hmm. and it comes out once a month. Um, it's free for our clients and it's also available to others via Substack. but it really breaks down, um, trends on a monthly basis, which can be a really helpful tool for clients, um, as, as they brainstorm creative programming. Yeah. Um, No, go on. I keep interrupting you. Go on. Oh, not at all. I was just going to say, and it, you know, that the monthly report Marion's talking about is, um, you know, focused on those key sectors that I had mentioned earlier, Diana, and it's very dynamic in nature. So if there's news happening in media and culture, which I think is actually probably the only sector that is in our report every single month, because it's just so, it's just so crazy. Um, but it, you know, we just include the stuff that we're seeing bubbling up and, and, um, keep it pretty dynamic that way. 
Tell me a little bit about um, this working for the B2B sector, because, um, you know, the B2C sector is a little more easier to get your, your arms around. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I would say what's really interesting there is, you know, yes, we monitor for consumer facing stuff, but also B2B. But the thing that I would say there is so many things start in culture that then bleed into the B2B space, Diana. So like, for example, ESG huge in the B2B space, that actually started in culture because consumers just had changing expectations around, you know, how br brands were behaving in sustainable ways. And so it started there and then bled into it. Um, so we think that, you know, there are definitely uh, so many things that their genesis is in culture that then spread into the B2B space. So I, I think it's always very helpful for us to keep a firm understanding on how culturally things can impact that space. But then we also do, you know, monitor in the B2B space directly to, to learn, you know, what's going on there. And, and we'll start there as well. Right. I, I mean, we have a lot of clients in the prop techs, property technology space and corporate real estate. And it's so interesting to look at how hybrid, the hybrid work model and consumers interest in working at home and having more time with their families has impacted um, you know, corporate real estate and working downtown and even um, retail, like how we shop, how um, the retail environment has changed because of the way consumers um, shop downtown. They're talking about a whole reinvention of the, um, you know, office buildings and the way that we work all based on, um, you know, consumer preferences. Absolutely. Um, thought leadership, does this affect thought leadership and opportunities for your clients to... Oh it, yeah, I mean this that trend spotting practice as as um is a huge thought leadership driver. It helps us identify white spaces to own um that our clients can participate in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say you know for in order to be relevant, you have to be in culture, Diana. And and what a lot of our insights do is help our clients do that in a way that's authentic to them, and it it can really um you know, be a North Star for us and for our clients, you know, the, the beauty of our insights is that they drive authenticity. You know, it helps us connect trends that are happening back to our clients and, and you know, how it makes sense for them in particular to speak out or participate in certain conversations. So it's, and it gives us unexpected moments to do it and tie it back to our clients too. So I would say that that's, you know, one of the key ways that um, our insights can help. But it it manifests in so many different ways with our clients. So like whether that's on their own channels, you know, if, if an insight can tap into to that and they can craft stuff around um, those perspectives on owned in marketing campaigns, obviously is a huge one, you know, how insights can inform those. Um, you know, uh, it's also really helpful to, I think in understanding not only what you should be speaking out on, but what you shouldn't, right? So like what makes sense for you as a brand in particular to be taking a stance on something? Does it touch your brand values or your, you know, is there a business rationale for it? So really informing um, from that perspective, what it makes sense. And that's big in the risk space too. You know, nowadays, like what you speak out on, there's risk associated with it. And so we can offer, you know, some of that counsel to help, you know, protect our clients' brands. Excellent. Excellent. So you've been about this about a year that you launched this. Is that correct? Um, yes. Yeah, we yep. launched the practice in um, October of last year. So oh, we're coming okay, up great. on our year anniversary. Yeah. And and do you see, I mean, I imagine there's ways for this to move forward. It's always with between the technology and the information out there. This is uh, opportunity 
moving forward, I imagine. Yeah, we definitely think this practice is going to continue to um, you know, evolve. Um, we're very excited about the role that AI can play or will continue to play um, in shaping this practice and helping us to identify trends even faster. Um, and um, so, you know, there's there's lots of opportunities that we're keeping our eye on. And I, I think as an agency ourselves, we we are not the same agency we were 20 years ago. Um, we continue to evolve as the world evolves. And I know that this practice will continue to evolve as well. Maybe you'll be trendsetters next. <laughs> <laughs> so all good. So interesting. I'm so happy for your 20 years of success. And uh, this practice sounds great and, and this opportunity for you. So I appreciate the time you spent with us here today. Thank you. Thank you. And um, at one thing, people can follow uh -huh. along um, our trends. Um, we have a we'll be doing a blog post once a month yeah. um, with uh, uh, an insight from our What's Next Now newsletter. So that's a great way um, to follow along on this practice. And where practice. will we find that? That is on um, our blog on our on our okay. website. Okay, yeah. excellent. Excellent. We will look for that. All right, ladies, thank you. All right. Thanks so much. It was really great to, to have an opportunity to talk with you. You too. You too. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to the Provoke podcast brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.